and Lex. Two imperfect six-figure business coaches, co-founders, and friends who decided to combine our superpowers to bring to market something we wish we had when we entered the world of coaching. A real non-BS, intimate, and fun community built with integrity, intention, and a few glasses of wine. In this podcast, we get real. Real about life. Business. Relationships and what it really takes to find your version of success in the world of coaching. Are you ready, Lex? I'm set, Em. Let's coach. Hi. Hi, Emily. Hello, everyone listening. How are you today, Emily Merrill? I'm the problem. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) I I think every day I can say this, and it works. It literally works. Um, Lex, I'm really struggling, actually. I'm trying to figure out gifts for my husband. And actually, luckily, most of the people in my life are like, can we not do gifts this year? So I'm like, phew, yeah, great. I hate gift giving. Fun fact, I'm terrible at gift giving. It gives me so much anxiety and stress. So, you know, what's interesting about that is I have historically been so good at gift giving that it has set a very high bar in my family that everyone expects me to come up with a super creative and thoughtful gift that becomes harder and harder the more holidays and years that pass. And so where I used to really enjoy it now, as I am short on time, this holiday season, it is stressing me the beep out. (laughs) Have you, um, yeah, that's a hard one, especially if you have high expectations. Do you like receiving gifts? I get really uncomfortable when I unwrap them. If I like receiving them by myself like if a client gift were to send to me and I can open it by myself with no one watching me then yeah I love gifts but the whole everyone stare at me while I open this gift makes me like sweat I like receiving gifts too but then when I do get a client gift I'm like damn it they were so thoughtful I need to like then I think of how I should have gotten a better client gift and I start going through like an a spiral of it's like a tip for tip Wedding gifts is a big one. Like CJ and I, every time a, a wedding comes up now, we're like, what they get us for our wedding? Oh, they spent like $200. Shit, we have to spend $200. And I hate that it's become this like, uh, what what is the word I'm looking for? Yeah, like, no, a tip for like a competition, not a competition, but like a, like an equalizer. Like you have to be equal in your spending for, per the spending that they did for you. So yeah. And I feel like I think the good thing about having kids this year is like a lot of the attention is going to be on them. And I don't think people are going to roast us or shame us for being bad at giving gifts. I just, I have so much, I put, okay, let me ask you this. What's the favorite, what's the gift you're most proud of? Like the most creative gift you've ever come up with? Literally can't think of anything. I'm like (laughs) nothing. No, actually that's a lie. That's a lie. Last year I got Jack, I got Greg a Hawaiian shirt with Jackson's face on it. Adorable. And it brought, this year I'm getting Greg. No, I'm getting Jackson a Hawaiian shirt with Greg's face on it. And I'm 100% stealing that idea. Thank you. You <laughs> also, when I was pregnant, I received in the mail, like a pregnancy journal and like pregnancy lollipop things. It was super, super thoughtful. So you're, you're better than you're giving yourself credit. You. I think Amazon makes it really easy too, which is terrible. I'm like, oh, free shipping. I literally have this, this book open that has like Greg's name and Jackson's name in it. And it's $11.99 for shipping. And it's like a $50 book now. And I don't 
know if I'm going to get it. Like the shipping is a weird shipping me all the time, which all the time. I think is a good teachable moment right now in terms of coaching. If there are hidden costs like shipping, bake it into your program. Yes, yes, yes. I would like so it, much rather pay $40 for wine than pay $20 for wine with $20 shipping. I don't hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So think about that term in terms of like psychology too. It's the same thing with credit card. Like I'd rather eat the credit card fees and make it easier for people to shop with me than have them be like, oh no, my checking account doesn't have the money right now or, or whatnot. Yeah. Let me brag real quick about one gift that is coming to my mind. That is so random and it's probably not the best gift I've ever given, but it's popping into my brain. So, and now I'm like feeling deja vu. I probably told you this already. Anyways, I'm going to share it now. Okay. So I was going to go live abroad for six months. My mom was really sad. One of the reasons she was really sad is even when I was in college, we would FaceTime and I'd help her pick out all of her outfits. So she's like, you're going abroad. Okay. I did tell you this. You told me, you told me that. I don't think you told them. (laughs) And so what I did is when I was home for Christmas break, I snuck into her closet and I took a bunch of pictures of pre- designed outfits so like I matched her tops with her bottoms and picked shoes and I I put all these photos into like a fashion book for her and told her like when to wear this outfit how to wear this outfit how to do her hair with this outfit and basically a whole styling guide from me to her for when I was abroad and not going to have like technology I love that I would like one of those please for me for my life right now a styling guide and operating manual of how to live my life Lex so actually high expectations for little Lexi the big Lexi the thing that I did my number one favorite gift back in the day was making scrapbooks for people love and I would like spend hours cutting out magazines and like putting funny things and then I'd photocopy all of them and then give them to all my girlfriends yeah that's see that's so thoughtful so thoughtful and speaking of being thoughtful Um, here are our thoughts on fundamental coaching skills. That's all I got today, guys. We're talking today about the essential skills for effective coaching. You did great. I love it. As, as I'm literally like running my hands through my hair and hair is just falling off, um, all around me. This is fun. Yes, she is. We're giving you guys a visual. So Emily, speaking of falling off your hair is located <laughs> near your ears what is the first oh essential gosh. skill that you should have as a coach wine <laughs> not where i was going <laughs> no just kidding <laughs> but but it does help for active listening i yeah sorry okay continue I, all, joking, all joking aside by active listening please don't drink wine while coaching it, it is dangerous um no in all, all seriousness the first thing that you should do as a coach is be an active listener and that means being present being in the moment with the client being able to soak in what they're saying to you and actively reflect it back to them with strategic and thoughtful questions moving forward which segues us perfectly into the next fundamental skill of a coach. And that's being able to ask questions. We're talking thought-provoking questions, guiding questions, open-ended questions. These questions can come from active listening. So it's a great tie in there. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's important to, to know when being a 
coach or when, when coaching is that you're not supposed to, there's no supposed to whatever's, but it's not a time to be agreeable for everything. This is an opportunity for you to be challenging when and where needed, and also to provide strategic feedback for development and thought provoking questions to help them with that development. Why don't we throw out some questions for them to think about? Yes. Okay. So maybe a question is, what do you think your next best step is? Or identifying a particular time. Like when is there, when are you feeling the the least motivated in your day? If you're a business coach and you're helping them streamline the, the systems that they're doing in, in their business and maximizing their day. And sometimes it's taking one question and just asking it in a different way. So if they can't necessarily think about the time they were least motivated, can you switch the question and say, when were you feeling the most motivated at moments in your business? And then from there, you can take that that answer and you can map out a plan. You can map out a solution to the problem. And that's another fundamental skill. So really, we like to call it solution mapping. So solution mapping looks like a variety of things. One, it can be pulling from what you know has worked for you or what you know has worked for others. Or once again, going back to a process of asking questions that leads to a solution. So you can do a bit of guiding, but also make sure you're including them in the process as well. Yeah, I love that, Lex. And I always like to add on a a layer of accountability there too, where there's a lot of talking that can happen, but you want them to actually take action in their life. So how can you do that? Uh, It could be by assigning them homework with more deeper reflection or templates to fill out or, um, you know, an actionable thing that if they were going to launch their website, maybe you, you have created a template of like how to write your entire website and they do it and you're holding them accountable and you're assigning them a deadline to launch that gosh darn website. If you're an ambitious professional, consultant, or business owner who is feeling called to do more, be more, or make more, we'd like to invite you to learn more about Ready, Set, Coach. Do you feel called to create change, help others, and do something outside of your day-to-day that generates true impact? While you may or may not be content with your day job or existing business, do you feel called to dip your toes into something more? Whether it's tapping into another zone of genius or the side hustle is calling your name, are you ready to explore what being more would look like? Do you feel like your business or career is leaving money on the table or you're looking to launch a new revenue stream or side hustle? Turning your expertise into a coaching revenue stream or side hustle is rewarding, impactful, and a great business model. It's the triple threat, multi-billion dollar industry that perhaps you've been looking for this whole time. If you want to explore more on how to add a coaching revenue stream into your life, we invite you to explore our website, readysetcoachprogram.com. Applications are now open for our 2023 cohort. Yeah, you're them keep on track. And actually within a given coaching session, that's another fundamental skill is being able to, from a coaching standpoint, really taking control of the session and keeping everyone in the room on track. So squirrel, squirrel moments will happen, but 
let them happen for a certain amount of time, then bring everyone back in to the main intention and the main focus. So as a coach, whether you're coaching one-on-one -on -one or you're coaching a group, make sure you're taking control of the room and bringing people back to the core purpose of why they're there. And you have to remember, these people are paying money to be held and to get the support they need. This is not the, the Emily Merrill or the Lexi Smith show. This is an opportunity for that person to really take up space and take up time. But at the end of the day, you are still the conductor of that space and that time. Uh, and through it all, you want to make sure that you're showing empathy, you're showing support, you're being respectful of their ideas, even if you don't think they're necessarily the right ideas. And truly work to build a trusting rapport and help them and help them come up with those concrete next steps forward. And I actually think there's a really good example within what you just said, M, of the difference between therapy and coaching. Sometimes for therapy, you really do just want to go into a therapist office and pour your heart out for 45 minutes. And that's fine if that's all that's accomplished in that day. In a coaching container. Again, the coach needs to take control and guide them towards a more productive solution. It's more solution-based rather than let's work through your, your trauma and just let, let it sit there, right? Coaching is, again, how can we move this back towards these starting objectives that we originally outlined when we started this together? And I, and I think that's a great thing to point out too, the difference between coaching and therapy. There might be moments where some behaviors start moving into a category that you're not equipped for and recognize that and know when you can outsource that, that trauma. So if you are a business coach and you're seeing some like alcoholic tendencies come in, or you see some childhood trauma coming in, know that just because that person hired you doesn't mean you have to fix all of their problems and you can refer them out to someone else. Yes. Such, such a good point. On that note, a good fundamental coaching skill is to always leave a session or a group with concrete next steps forward and to loop back in the whole concept of asking questions. We advise that you ask your client, okay, considering all that we've talked about today, what are your next steps forward? That's one of my favorite things to ask. And also like, what was your biggest takeaway from today's session? Because we talk, you know, you might talk about a whole bunch of things. It's nice to hear in their words out of all of the things that you talked about. Maybe it's the mindset or like, I really needed that pep talk and I needed that reframe or, oh, I'm so glad I, I have a to-do list and I know what next steps I need to do to move forward. But having them repeat back or, or take a, take an overview of what they learned and give it back to you is so helpful moving forward. Yeah, you're having them take inventory and having them reflect back, right? It's actually like further solidifying your time together, not letting them just go in one ear out the other. So those are two questions that can be really, really helpful in, in coaching. And Lex, I think this was a, a helpful tip. And I'd always love to hear from, from our listeners, like if they're coaches, what are some of their favorite things that they like to do to coach their clients? Yeah. Yeah. And before we go into homework, I'm just going to recap real quick. I'm going to like bullet speed read through the tips that Em and I shared today. So these are essential skills for effective coaching, active listening, asking questions, right? Thought-provoking questions, guiding questions, open-ended questions, challenging and providing feedback for development, sharing solutions, coming up with solutions, 
showing empathy, support, respect, and really working to build true rapport, always pointing us back to the session or the point or the objective at hand and guiding them with next steps forward and holding them accountable and holding boundaries for a given container. Ah, amen. I think you nailed all of them. Lex, what's the homework today? All right. So because we've reiterated at multiple points through this episode that a good coach is a great question asker, we want you to outline three to five of your go-to questions to take with you in your next coaching session. Start with a beginning question, a reflective question, and an ending session question. I think that's wonderful homework and we can't wait to hear how it goes. So again, shoot us a note set on Instagram, leave us a review, and we'll see you the next time on the Ready, Set, Coach Coach Podcast. Bye. If you're enjoying the Ready, Set, Coach Podcast, please leave a review wherever you are listening. For more information about Ready, Set, Coach, visit readysetcoachprogram.com.